Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. The Affair at the Victory Ball by Agatha Christie Read by Perry F. Bruns Chapter 5 It was a quarter of an hour later. A recherche little supper had appeared, and Poirot, beaming all over his face, was dispensing hospitality and answering our eager questions. It was all very simple. The circumstances in which the green pompon was found suggested at once that it had been torn from the costume of the murderer, I dismissed Pierrette from my mind, since it takes considerable strength to drive a table-knife home, and fixed upon Pierrot as the criminal. But Pierrot left the ball nearly two hours before the murder was committed. So he must either have returned to the ball later to kill Lord Cronshaw, or... Eh bien, he must have killed him before he left. Was that impossible? Who had seen Lord Cronshaw at the supper that evening? Only Mrs. Davidson, whose statement I suspected was a deliberate fabrication 
uttered with the object of accounting for the missing pom-pom, which, of course, she cut from her own dress to replace the one missing on her husband's costume. But then Arlequin, who was seen in the box at 1.30, must have been an impersonation. For a moment earlier, I had considered the possibility of Mr. Beltan being the guilty party, but with his elaborate costume, it was clearly impossible that he could have doubled the roles of Punchinello and Arlequin. On the other hand, to Davidson, a young man of about the same height as the murdered man and an actor by profession, the thing was simplicity itself. But one thing worried me. Surely a doctor could not fail to perceive the difference between a man who had been dead two hours and one who had been dead ten minutes. Eh bien, the doctor did perceive it, but he was not taken to the body and asked, How long has this man been dead? On the contrary, he was informed that this man had been seen alive ten minutes ago, and so he merely commented at the inquest on the abnormal stiffening of the limbs for which he was quite unable to account. All was now marching famously for my theory. Davidson had killed Lord Cronshaw immediately after supper, when, as you remember, he was seen to draw him back into the supper room. Then he departed with Miss Courtenay, left her at the door of her flat instead of going in and trying to pacify her, as he affirmed, and returned post-haste to the Colossus. But this Arlequin, not Pierrot, a simple transformation effected by removing his outer costume. Chapter 6 The uncle of the dead man leaned forward, his eyes perplexed. But if so, he must have come to the ball prepared to kill his victim. What earthly motive could he have had? The motive, that's what I can't get. Ah, here we come to the second tragedy, that of Miss Courtney. There was one simple point which everyone overlooked. Miss Courtney died of cocaine poisoning, but her supply of the drug was in the enamel box which was found on Lord Cronshaw's body. Where, then, did she obtain the dose which killed her? Only one person could have supplied her with it, Davidson. And that explains everything. It accounts for her friendship with the Davidsons and her demand that Davidson should escort her home. Lord Cronshaw, who was almost fanatically opposed to drug-taking, discovered that she was addicted to cocaine and suspected that Davidson supplied her with it. Davidson doubtless denied this, but Lord Cronshaw determined to get the truth from Miss Courtney at the ball. He could forgive the wretched girl, but he would certainly have no mercy on a man who made a living by trafficking in drugs. Exposure and ruin confronted Davidson. He went to the ball, determined that Cronshaw's silence must be obtained at any cost. I suspect that it was an accident cleverly engineered by Davidson. She was furiously angry with Cronshaw, first for his reproaches, and secondly for taking her cocaine from her. Davidson supplied her with more, and probably suggested her augmenting the dose as a defiance to old Cronch. One other thing, I said. Three sets in the curtain, how did you know about them? Why, mon ami, that was the most simple of all. Waiters had been in and out of that little room, so obviously the body could not have been lying where it was found on the floor. There must be some place in the room where it could be hidden. I deduced a curtain and a recess behind it. Davidson dragged the body there, and later, after drawing attention to himself in the box, he dragged it out again before finally leaving the hall. It was one of his best moves. He is a clever fellow. But in Poirot's green eyes I read unmistakably the unspoken remark. But not quite so clever as Hercule Poirot. 
Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world. <laughs>